15 minutes it is after 8pm. It's our Tech Conversations. And uh, this week, as I said when we started, it is National Water Week. And uh, as a water-scarce country, uh, I guess uh, we have to find ourselves where necessity gives rise to invention. And uh, certainly our Water Research Commission for many decades has uh, been uh, charged with that responsibility of uh, undertaking research and development around uh, our water use, uh, the issues of sanitation and many others. And this evening we try and make sense of, uh, I guess, this conundrum, uh, the fact that we're a water-scarce country. We, uh, you know, we're nearing day zero in a place like uh, Cape Town and the Western Cape in its entirety uh, not so long ago. And yet, you know, we're a country with a vast coastline. So one would think, one would think um, ideally would be a potential solution uh, to our water woes. And a considerable amount of work in the world of science has happened. And that particular process of converting seawater into potable water that can be used by you and me is called desalination. And this evening, we try and make sense of uh, the prospects of desalination in South Africa. And uh, I'm joined by uh, people who work in this arena, who uh, certainly have a well of uh, knowledge uh, in this uh, space. And that is the Water Research Commission, whose research manager, Dr. Nontlantla Kalebaila, joins me now on the line. Dr. Nontlantla, good evening to you and welcome. Dr. Nontlantla? Oh, Sakhalin Dambuzetu. Let's try and get hold there of uh, Dr. Nontlantla on a much better line. Our uh, lines, I guess, letting us down there on that particular one. Dr. Kalebaila, I certainly hope I have you on a much better line. I hope so too. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, I can hear you clearly. Good evening to you and welcome. Thank you very much. Good evening to everyone who's listening. Dr. Nontlantla, maybe let's start off here. Um, You know, when we talk about desalination, uh, which uh, was certainly a topical issue, uh, you know, uh, when uh, Cape Town was nearing day zero when we had the persistent drought in places like the Eastern Cape and KZN. Uh, and I'm sitting here, you know, asking ourselves, I mean, we've got all, our entire coastline with all of that seawater. Um, what is desalination? And I guess how does it make use uh, of that uh, natural bounty of seawater that we have? Uh, okay, let me just uh, maybe just give this that by giving a simplified uh, definition of desalination yes. as it has been adopted in South Africa. So first, correct, it is it involves the utilization of seawater where the salts are then removed to make that water then to be suitable either for drinking or any other purpose. Mm. So mm. the other uh, definition that we have adopted in South Africa is where uh, brackish uh, groundwater, which means that groundwater that is contaminated is also treated to a desired level. Okay. And then also industrial effluent, uh, the salts are removed to make that water suitable for use. So basically this is like the beneficiation of water, I mean, in all of its forms, not only just seawater. That, that is correct, yes. It is taking water to make it uh, uh, suitable for beneficial use. Mm, okay. Let's maybe pause here for a second and uh, take a quick spot break, which is just nearing on us. Uh, And when we come back, I I want us to talk about, I guess, you know, uh, some of the um, hurdles to desalination, the cost implications of it. uh, And I guess uh, where we are as a country on that score, we talk a lot about it, but uh, I certainly... I guess I uh, haven't seen many examples of uh, uh, desalination in the fashion that we're talking about uh, happening in earnest. So we'll continue uh, with uh, Dr. Nuntlantla from the Water Research Commission after this.
23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our Tech Conversations here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, this evening, uh, taking a look at uh, the topical issue of desalination and uh, joined by Dr. Nontlantla Kalebaila, a research manager at the Water Research Commission. It is National Water Week. And uh, I guess no uh, better time to remind all of us uh, that, uh, yeah, even though uh, many of us might find ourselves in places that have uh, received a considerable amount of rainfall in the last while. We remain a water-scarce country. And uh, uh, Dr. Kalebaila joins me now on the line. And uh, uh, Dr. Nuntla, we were speaking just before we went to the break about, I guess, what desalination is, uh, not just as it relates to, you know, seawater, but even brackish water uh, and even, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, I guess... Uh, sort of repurposing of industrial water uh, for all manner of other uses. Uh, Let's talk about the prevalence of each. I mean, one on the seawater side of things, uh, and then when it comes, I guess, to to brackish water and even some some water that comes from industrial users as well. How much of this is is actually happening? Uh, So there is a lot that has been happening in South Africa. So, I mean, desalination is uh, very old. It's not a new technology. So already in the country, we have about 33 plants uh, that have been installed. And obviously, there has been a huge increase since, I mean, you spoke about also day zero in Cape Town uh, since that time. Uh, So uh, like I said, that we have about 33 plants that have been installed thus far in in South Africa, um, which really uh, in combination make up to about uh, 215 megalitres a day of water. Uh, but what maybe I need to uh, clarify is that in as much as there are 33 plants, uh, not all of them are currently running at the moment. Mm, but mm. majority of them are. So, I mean, I'm also quite interested, I guess, you know, in, in the process um, that would have to unfold. So, you know, in many cases, we know it's district municipalities at some of the metros and even water boards uh, that might be involved in the bulk uh, provision of water. In the case of desalination, how, how would that particular one work? I mean, we certainly heard murmurs of desalination in Cape Town and I think in parts of the Eastern Cape as well. Uh, I think in, in, in the Ntlambe area, there was some suggestion of a plant and uh, I think even a plant being set up for that purpose. Yes, so uh, desalination is a very costly technology uh, because it involves, it uses a high amount of energy and also involves advanced treatment technology, Mm -hmm. which involves the use of membranes. So uh, municipalities, a number of municipalities that have been able to enter into partnerships uh, into commissioning desalination plants have done that through what we call a, a, a public-private uh, partnership, where the municipality um, is in alliance with either, either receiving funds from the government and also from the private sector mm. so that they can then um, uh, design, build, operate, and maintain the desalination plant. So uh, even uh, the desalination plants that uh, are currently up and running, uh, so most of them that have been um, commissioned using some form of an alliance or partnership uh, method. Mm. Um, yes, because, I mean, uh, if you look at municipalities, municipalities are set up as water services delivery yes. uh, vehicles. So most of them, it's not the typical funds that they'll be able to come up with 
on their own in order to completely fund mm. a build and own a desalination plant. So, so who would sit on the other side, Sisi? I mean, would it be the banks? Would it be international donors um, in some of, I guess, the projects that we have seen uh, at least formulated? Uh, who sits as the counterparty or, or I guess, the, the partner or the co-developer of these? So there, ha- there have been uh, a couple of different arrangements. Mm. So, like I said, that so municipalities, if they want to enter in some form of a a PPP, which is a public-private partnership, yes. there are national treasury guidelines that really regulate that process to make sure that uh, that does not uh, interfere with the water tariffs. Mm. Because, I mean, water at the end of the day has to be affordable to everyone, every citizen. So in one of the cases, so you would have a municipality maybe receiving a grant uh, through National Treasury, Mm -hmm. and then also you would have a private partner. So if I just make an example of uh, uh, some of the plants that at the cost, um, the uh, uh, Mosul Bay or Fetchfield plant, uh, so there's been a, a, a private partner who would also be part of the alliance, uh, for example, Petro SA, mm. and then the municipality, uh, which will receive funds from the, through National Treasury. And then you have then the technology partner, the partner that then will be commission, will be responsible for the design, uh, the building, as well as the operation of, of the plant. Mm. So you have a, a concession, a typical concession, which would be made of different partners uh, each one bearing a certain portion of the risk for the plant. One would think, I mean, a plant like that needs a lot of electricity. Um, I mean, I, I don't think we'd be able to, uh, you know, uh, operate a plant like that without uh, secure supply of energy. And I guess, you know, this uh, might hit home for many people who are listening to us in the darkness. Um, j- just your view on that, on, on the energy intensity of uh, some of the plants. Yeah, desalination requires very a very high amount of energy, and sometimes it accounts up to 50 to 60 percent of the operation uh, costs of the plant. Mm. So it is very important. So that is one other reason uh, which makes desalination a very uh, high risk project because it requires that uh, energy security, and also even more so, it uses a lot of that. Uh, in that process. Mm. Uh, so the reason is because, uh, like I said, that desalination is based on a membrane process, uh, mostly reverse osmosis. So that uh, reverse osmosis uh, is a process that requires pressure in order to push through the uh, the contaminated water or salty water in the case of seawater desalination to be able to separate through so that what goes through is uh, a more cleaner water and then the salts and contaminants are retained on the other side of your membrane. I guess, I guess the other dimension to it, of course, is uh, something that you uh, as an entity would no doubt have thought about, which is um, the operation of these plants and the potential skill and technolo- technology transfer. I mean, do, do we have any sort of licensed or patented technology here in South Africa that we can say uh, is a South African invention? Um, um, and uh, I guess also there's that the skills and the training dimension, be it in the components, uh, manufacturing, right through, I guess, to some of the direct employment. What, what are the prospects, um, you know, uh, for us when it comes to that? Yeah, so 
South Africa is one of the contributors of research uh, and also specifically uh, membrane research. And uh, at the moment, there is uh, there are a few companies, local companies, that are playing in the industry, in the desalination market. Mm. Uh, but uh, majority of the companies that are technology suppliers at the moment are, are, are foreign companies uh, like your violas and, and so on. Mm, mm. So, so I guess, you know, the last, uh, you know, uh, question on my end, uh, uh, Dr. Nunt has to do just with all of us as consumers of, of, of water services. Um, in a water-scarce country like ours, um, I mean, at the level of taste, accessibility, and regularity of supply, um, you know, what, what does desalination come with? I mean, a lot of people might be saying, you know, and it's but I mean, I guess, you know, uh, the big question might be around that. Um, and is, I guess, is this a total process where the water would be comparable to any other water that goes through our treatment plant? Yes, South Africa has very stringent regulations which are in line with uh, global uh, water quality standards. So for every water that is safe for drinking, mm. it doesn't matter what the source of that water is. It could be seawater, it could be your river water. That water has to be treated to a standard that will be safe for human consumption. So desalination, just like uh, any other treatment process, as I've said, that so the extra addition with desalination is that it uses also advanced treatment processes like uh. your membrane technology and uh, uh, other processes um, to make sure that the water is treated to a level that is safe for consumption. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for, for teaching us, I guess, uh, some of uh, the salient elements of this particular technology. Any functional plants that we have that uh, maybe South Africans might uh, want to sort of better understand and read up uh, a lot more about? Yes, there are plants that are up and running uh, along the coast. Like I said when I started uh, the conversation that uh, there are about 33 plants and maybe five to six of these are inland plants where Mm. they uh, treat your industrial wastewater to uh, drinking standard as well as well as for industrial use. But the rest of the plants are scattered around the coast. Uh, there's one in Saldana Bay that is currently driven by a, a solar uh, energy process. Mm. And then uh, Cape Town also, there are a couple of plants there. And Albany Coast uh, in the Eastern Cape, Sagefield, Mosul Bay, and so on. Mm, mm. Dr. Nantlantla? Thank you very much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, wish you all of the best as the Water Research Commission as you try to continue to be at the cutting edge uh, of uh, water technology and sanitation technology in our society. And uh, once again, thank you very much for generously sharing your time with us. Thanks to you for allowing us the opportunity to impart uh, the little knowledge that we have. Awesome stuff and uh, happy National Water Week. Same. Thank that there was Dr. Nontlantla Kalabaila, who's the research manager at the Water Research uh, Commission. And uh, I guess just, just judging from the tweets that are coming through, maybe we might have to have the Water Research Commission back again, uh, especially some of your folk from Commercialization Division, because it seems Ukumgani Kalata there on Twitter, 
yeah, really complaining about the treatment they've received from the uh, na- National uh, or, or the Water Research Commission, saying black innovators are not given proper attention by this institution. Welcome, Gan. Uh, we certainly, uh, I guess, uh, would like to have a further conversation with you and uh, some of the folk at the Water Research Commission because we can't have a situation where, uh, you know, uh, South African innovations are, it seems, disappearing uh, from the uh, vantage point of some of our uh, critical institutions in our national system 